I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Welcome to Sick Boy, a podcast where we talk about what it's like to be sick. This week's guests are Madison and Michael, the co-creators and stars of Something Undone. Let's talk about it. So we got together and we were on the dock, the rooftop of Taylor's condo building yesterday, uh, last night, like having a few beers sitting outside and a couple of friends came over and it like, Ugh. it was like the first time where it like felt really normal again. Like we've, mm-hmm. we've hung out well, a few times Well, we also had a person, very like normal summer. Like there last was, year, they, last year. Yeah, yeah. in yeah. 2020, summer in 2020 was like, there was, there was like no, no COVID. Yeah, like but if, then if again. We had, if we had a yeah. case in a day, like that would be, like we probably had one case a week. It was crazy. It's, it is interesting though because like at the same time so we were time, all getting together like at the, pretty regularly. But at the same time, like even though we've been getting together like semi regular regularly anyway, um, it I feel like we still are all really conscious of it. Like mm. yeah, a, you know, in a way that my uh, so dumb. my girlfriend lives in Quebec, and mm-hmm. I at the start of the pandemic last year in March, I went to stay with. Uh, her and her parents and I ended up I went thinking I was going for like two weeks when things first locked down and I ended up there for uh, six uh, months uh, yeah. and uh, and it being in Quebec it was like this weird sort of vibe of like people were like unsure if COVID was really real or not mm. and so and you were going to all those those part like those like spreading parties yeah yeah, yeah, yeah super yeah. spreader parties yeah. Yeah. orgies and you were uh, attending all those orgies <laughs> and yeah. every time we went to the grocery store we'd all li- like li- everybody would just be licking each other's hands and stuff and then you come back to Halifax and people are all scared as you do <laughs> weird. in Quebec as one does yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to get back to licking hands <laughs> yeah, yeah. Know, right it's the thing I miss the most yeah. <laughs> so tired please, of bumping please stop elbows. talking about it I'm just getting sad yeah we had over the weekend like so restaurants have been closed for 1000 years um and then on friday at like 5 p.m uh they announced okay restaurants can open tomorrow on patios <laughs> so because the next day was like 17 degrees and it was sunny it was gorgeous mm. and i went out with my boyfriend and we decided to go across town to like the place where the good restaurants are um and about a quarter of the restaurants were able to open with that short notice. Like they've, they'd been like dusted up, like covered in sheets and they were like whipping out their old beer cans, hoping they weren't stale. Like a quarter of the patios were open and every single person in Toronto was out. So there were lineups down the street. There just wasn't the capacity for it. We couldn't find a single bar. We walked around the entire city. Like there might even be, when you say that, I I, I start to think like there might even be a case for, for not completely, completely restricting and locking everything down because of what you get when, because of like the when mass. When you open up the even frenzy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like frenzy, being on a yeah. diet and then, and then being yeah. like, Oh, yeah. I'll have this one burger. And like, yeah. I wonder, I wonder if like, I wonder <laughs> if there is something that to be said about like, like, like the, the, the badness that will probably come from 
you know, mm-hmm. just like mm-hmm. a mass, like a run on restaurants. It's also the yeah. like partly the responsibilities on people just to like, you know, like when you see shit like that, be like, oh, well, I guess, I guess yeah, we but- can't be doing this because you think of, I mean, I, we're, we've all seen the pictures of Trinity Bellwoods Park last oh, yeah. year. Like, yeah, that was a, <laughs> and that was this every, weekend like, too. Every oh, it was like was that it? this weekend too. Yeah, do you remember like when the? Yeah. Do you remember when the when the 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 guy is giving the interview, or maybe the girl's giving the interview, and this guy walks up and he's like, "Hey, can I kiss you?" And she's like, "Yeah." <laughs> was that during? And they just, was that COVID? Yeah. That was, and, oh yeah. No. And they just right. start making out. Right. No. Yeah. This 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 like. There was a lot of problems. It was very problematic <laughs> for many different reasons. She's giving an interview to like CTV or CBC or something, yeah. and she's well, yeah, just yeah. she's just giving the interview. And this guy just walks up and he's like, "Hey, you want to make out?" She's like, "Fuck yeah!" And they just start making out, and everyone's like, "Was it? It wasn't. It wasn't. I mean, it was exactly like that. It was exactly. But that. It, but, it, but, it, but it was a little bit different. That there sounds like, like a, more like an interview at Coachella or yeah, something yeah. rather than Trinity make it sound like or in Florida. Like, yeah, it was like that, yeah, and then yeah, she yeah. went. Yes, yeah, very Florida. It was, it was like, and that. then and then he went away, and she was like, "Call me." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was so cringeworthy. Yeah, and then the whole uh, then the whole world shut down. <laughs> um, uh, all right, well, let's get right into it. I'm uh, I'm excited to. Uh, I just just to clarify, it's coming out this Friday, right? Like it's yeah. it's it's our show, okay. yeah. Oh okay. yeah, Friday. It, it's free. It's on CBC Gem. As long as you are in Canada or can steal sweet. a Canadian VPN, you can watch. Okay. Cool, <laughs> cool, 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 sweet. And then, uh, are you releasing all of it at once, or is it uh, yeah. episodic? Okay, cool. How all many? Epi- how many episodes? Six ten-minute episodes. Okay, cool. Uh, we've watched the first three. Oh, well, I'm cool. very excited to watch the the, the following three. I was kind of yeah. like, I was almost pissed. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we only got fucking three I of them. Watched, I, I watched it this morning. <laughs> and I was like, well, let, I was like, yeah, well, where's the next? Let, one? Let's hold. Let's hold that. <laughs> let, let's get into it. Um, uh, very excited to sit down here with Madison and Michael, uh, the co-creators and and co-stars, I, I, I guess, uh, <laughs> of something undone. Which is, uh, I mean, in the in the pre-show notes here, I, I have thriller series written down, but this is, yeah, it's a thriller. But like, this is this is definitely, I would definitely tip this over into my favorite genre of film. Uh, I would say it's on the edge. It's on the edge of horror, and it's oh. very very spooky. Okay, uh, I, I, and and I will say this, uh, just congratulations to the two of you because I I. I, I will not geek out too much on my love of horror. Uh, I will refrain. But one of my favorite things while watching horror or thriller, anything, is like is being surprised or seeing like a new, um, uh, so I guess you would say like tactic to 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 kind of affect me, the 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 viewer. And uh, with without any spoilers, all I'll say is that the the uh, the rat trap. <laughs> scene was so brilliant. I fucking loved that. Love that. Um, cool. um, but uh, I, I guess in in that little sort of intro there, I, I'm sure some listeners are like, "Wait, what the fuck are we talking about? Uh, why are we talking about a horror sh- uh, series that's that's coming to CBC Gem uh, that is currently actually right now streaming on CBC Gem? You can go check it out. Six episodes. Um, uh, Madison, Michael, why don't you give us a little synopsis? Uh, a rundown. Uh, what's the show all about? Uh, and and before you do so, just introduce yourselves. Yeah, uh, I'm Michael Moosey. I'm an actor, writer, producer, and uh, I wrote, co-wrote a show called Something Undone with my best buddy Madison Walsh, uh, who is going to introduce herself now. 
um yeah hi i'm madison walsh uh i'm an actor um and a writer and i made the show with this jerk over here uh hey. <laughs> mike lucy uh who you might know from such fame as cbc's Kim don't do that oh i did it oh i did it i'm i'm con- like i'm committed to hitching my cart to yours and riding it all the way to uh, Hollywood. Um, No, so Something Undone is, it was part of the CBC Relief Fund. So uh, basically an initiative to get art happening through Canada uh, throughout COVID. Mm. Um, So Mike and I pitched back in the spring. We're like, we're not going to get this. Everybody and their mother is pitching. We pitched five comedies because that's what we like to do and one drama and they picked the drama. (laughs) And we were like, what do we do? (laughs) We prefer to write things that are about food so we can go and eat Eat and and write it off. Yeah. so very uh, John Katushi of you. Thank you, thank you. Who I've been compared to before. Looks like. <laughs> yeah, right, right, yeah. and, and, and Brad Pitt, right? And Brad Pitt and, and Ryan Brad Gosling Pitt. and Ryan Gosling. I thought that that was. I thought that that doesn't was a, need to that be. Was yeah. good. Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt from the neck down. <laughs> Correct. Thank you. But at like, how old is he now? Sixty-five. Okay, we can we can move on. Okay. So, so basically, uh, God, fuck, something undone. So it's um, it is about a foley artist. So somebody who creates sound effects, and in this case, mm. she creates it for her true crime podcast that she makes with her um, partner Farid. Uh, and while Farid's off in Newfoundland doing uh, the interviews for the the next season about um, a true crime she is at her mother's old childhood house uh her mother's just passed away and she has decided to uh not only record the sounds and take advantage of being in this big spooky house but also clean up all her mom's things and get it ready for sale um so she thinks she's got everything sorted and she's going to be able to do this really easily but as she's working she starts to pick up uh unidentified sounds in the house let's say through her through her recordings um and they kind of lead her down this rabbit hole uh towards a really dark family secret and she basically becomes consumed by it while farid is helplessly in newfoundland Mm, yeah Mm. and and so uh so at this point uh because it it while recording this, it actually isn't out, but it, but again, folks, it is out now. You can go watch it. But <laughs> we, we were only sent the screener for the first three episodes, mm. and I'm <laughs> fucking dying to know what I'm like. Wait, whoa, whoa, where's the next episode? <laughs> so, I, I, it really is, it's, it's very, uh, very entertaining, uh, very spooky, ooky. Mm-hmm. And um, but uh, but you know, how this ties into to Sick Boy and what mm-hmm. what we do here is. A lot of the themes that uh, that you find in the show really do speak to a lot of the stuff that we've talked about on this podcast for you know five years now, six years now. Um, uh, grief is a big, big thing we talk about a lot. Uh, mental health is, it seems like, is playing a pretty big role in the show, uh, which is so interesting about and especially um, the horror genre. It's funny because like a lot of the stories that I see in in horror movies, I'm. I imagine that they come from people's real life lived mm-hmm. experience with mental health. And a lot of like, I'm not, I'm not a believer in ghosts, but uh, probably not as much as you, Jer. But, uh, <laughs> you but son of a bitch. It's funny. <laughs> it's it's, it's funny bitch. to think of how like a lot of the unexplained can probably be explained by, by mental illness in some cases. Mm-hmm. Um, it's yeah. not always like that. And it's, it's definitely, 
uh, a very fanciful exaggeration of of some of those experiences, but uh, definitely makes for for uh, good TV. Yeah, yeah. What was the uh, what was the inspiration there? And I don't want to. And I don't I, I, because of just like spoilers and stuff. I don't want to say what the what where how that ties in unless you want to unless you two want to address it. But like, where was right. the inspiration to tie that to bring that in and 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 is that something that is just that comes from just the writing process or is it something that is uh, that that it's is a personal ex- a personal yeah. experience in your own in your own lives right well well what i'll say first off is that you know we didn't have a lot of time to write this thing uh when we pitched it we had the idea and it was kind of loose ideas and then eventually when you have so little time to write something you have no choice but to pour yourself into it mm. um for your first part which was the grief my mom died when i was 24 years old i know what it's like to go through that i know what it's like to clean up your mother's things mm. and to not know what to keep and what to get rid of and to find things and learn from other family members things about their lives that you didn't really know about um, I still have a mom box in my room that when I get sad, I just like pick up her shoes and I have her glasses uh. that I play with, you know what I mean? And, and, and it's, those things do something to you, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> in a way that you will never be able to explain unless you've been through it. Um, so as far as Joe's journey with her mom, you know, Maddie really leaned on my experience with my mother and what mm-hmm. that was like to lose a parent. Um, so I would say that the grief aspect for sure was very heavily, uh, based on my own experience. Um, and then in terms of mental health, I mean, Maddie and I have uh, dealt with mental health in our families and with our friends. And uh, we really wanted to approach this in a really honest, truthful way. So we spoke to a lot of doctors and uh, did a lot of research to make sure that we told this in a way that wasn't fantasizing it or making it this, you know, this idea of what mental health was. We really wanted to like I said, be honest about it. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, certainly our own stories from our family members, our friends, the research we did, um, and you know, dealing with our own mental state that we're all in in this pandemic. I mean, you know, Joe is alone in this house, uncovering things and kind of dealing with her own problems all alone. And I think that's something that we can all relate to at the moment. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and I, uh, I think you guys did a really, I think you did a really good job. I think it it rang through very true because we've talked to, we've talked to a handful of uh, of of um, um, sons or daughters of uh, uh, so, somebody with a parent that has um, you know pretty severe mental illness that has affected them and grew up and they kind of grew up around that. And, and it felt like it rang very true to some of those conversations that we've had, like the frust the, the frustration, the, the, the sort of like the, the going, you know, I know that my, I know that my, you know, my parent lived with this. And even though I've got this compassion and, and understanding for their experience, I'm also still very frustrated by it. Mm. And that's sort of like, yeah. yeah, and angry. And that very, that, that seemed to come across, um, really well in, in some of those scenes, um, where you're going through some of your mother's stuff. And, um, and yeah, I was, it, it, it just felt, it felt very honest to me from the experiences that we've had and the conversations we've had. Cool. Even, even yeah. the, um, the, the, it's, it's it's interesting, Michael, that you shared that about your mom because um, in my family right now, uh, my uncle passed away about a month ago, and um, like my mom's been going to his place and boxing up his stuff, and it it's interesting because she came home uh, earlier, uh, I guess last week, and and said, 
fuck, I, fi- I finally figured out what, like why this thing was going on in his life mm-hmm. because she found letters from like mm. his biological father and this stuff that she had no idea was going on and that he was dealing with. And, and so it's so interesting to see that light shone into that area of this person's life that you, you knew nothing about. And when I saw it, when, when that was included in, in one of the scenes in the show and I saw that, I was like, wow, that feels really real to my situation right now. Mm-hmm. But also I imagine because I haven't, I haven't lost many people really close to me in my life where mm-hmm. I've been like the sort of sole person responsible for like either packing up their belongings or going through their stuff. But like e- e- seeing that my mom go through that experience last week and then seeing that represented on screen and sort of part of the, the, the grieving process of dealing with the loss of a loved one, it was, it was, uh, yeah, it was really well done. Mm. Well, yeah, we appreciate that because, uh, yeah, like I said, we just wanted to make sure that we were telling it in an honest, truthful way. That thing was easy. I mean, that part was easy for me. It was like, I know exactly how this goes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. there were some things that we had to work a little harder for. The grief stuff, I mean, listen, it's been eight years and it's still right here, you know, so mm-hmm. uh, it was easy to access. Um, in terms of, um, you know, mother-daughter relationships and, and things like that, you know, Maddie really had to do a lot of <laughs> <laughs> her own work. Uh, Mike, you didn't have anything to say about mother-daughter? No, I didn't, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah, Maddie, go ahead. Uh, so, you know, one thing that came up when we were writing it, I mean, so it's, it is based off of and inspired by, um, a family secret of my own. And I don't want to give away too much about the end of the, the show, but, um, you know, I'm not the first person of my generation who's heard some absolute horror story from their, like the dark farm, um, you know, that the generation of our grandparents was very much like the the stigma for mental health was even worse mm-hmm. than it is today mm-hmm. and some of the mm-hmm. things that happened um back then that you find out about now like i i mean i i'm sure that there are people listening who are like oh yeah i have a story like that and to me i was like that's horror that the mundanity of these of, mm-hmm. of hiding mental health in a family of cleaning out your parents your, your dead parents belongings those are really scary awful things to have to contemplate in your life. We don't have to necessarily go into the realm of fantasy to make something really horrifying to watch. Mm. Um, and not that we wanted to like, like pornographically, like, be like, oh, we're gonna make a story out of this. We were just like, this is something that people can relate to. And that's like, mm-hmm. I, I get anxiety thinking about, you know, if I were in my own, if, if that experience were happening to me. Um, another thing that we, we, you know, a lot of people we talked to who had, who had, uh, family members, um, that were schizophrenic or had been schizophrenic, um, talked about the, this constant fear of, you know, anytime they might have a shift in their own reality, anytime that there might be mm. something that they questioned about themselves, there was a voice inside that said, oh my God, am I getting yeah. my parents illness mm. and that fear to live with that we were like, oh god and mm-hmm. and for me um i really was interested in talking about intergenerational trauma and the kind of things that you inherit from your parents that you fight and rail against but they're there mm. and you really have to to come to terms with them and deal with them mm-hmm. um and schizophrenia became almost this this beautiful metaphor for it of the actual literal potential of inheriting something. Mm. It's it's interesting to hear you say that because I've never as as many conversations of as we've had with people who live with mental illness, I've never thought about um, 
I guess to 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 give you a little story. Um, a few years ago, my mom had a uh, a really tough mental breakdown, and she had to go to the hospital. She was admitted for a few days, and she's um, comfortable with me talking about this now. We've talked a lot about it, but um, she was like had no history of mental health issues or um, had never really been through a, a, a bout of like this this sort of um, stress-induced psychosis that she had had gone through. But, um, and like, I, all I wanted to do was to, to support her through that. But then there's been moments in my life where I found myself like starting to get stressed out and I'll have like a brief moment where I'm like, okay, am like, am I, is this cool right now? Like, am I, is, am I in control of my reality right now? Mm-hmm. And it's that the only reason that thought comes up is because I'm, pro- I probably am. And I'm probably totally fine in that situation. But the idea that I know that my mom has been through that and genetically I'm related to my mom, at least yeah. I hope so. Um, <laughs> uh, I, didn't, I can't remember being you're born, just, man. I don't sure, know. Sure. Hey, man. Follow-up I mean, episode. Can, can we actually, can anybody actually <laughs> say I remember definitely being born? Being so born. The, the other funny thing is that I'm, a, I'm an identical twin and oh. I'm, I'm, the young, I'm the younger brother. But the funny Beepy. thing is, is that I'm like, am I really the younger brother? Because did was there ever a night where my parents put me and my brother in a crib and were like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Which one is which? Yeah, Dude, 100%. Dude, yeah, almost definitely. 100% twins almost are getting handsome. juggled for years. So, where they're just like, are you exactly possibly Dennis? Yeah. Dennis? Possibly yeah. older, right? And you so, could have been Brian so, and Dennis. And Brian again, and Dennis again, several totally. times and over. Maybe, You're like maybe a living version of the cup game. So yeah. yeah, yeah. Maybe they <laughs> fucked it up enough so that I'm actually I I, I am right, but at like for like a few weeks I was Dennis. Yeah. But uh, but the thing is, is like I've never heard anybody explain that like oh you know through having a relative or loved one go through that experience, um, it starts to become this idea where you think oh fuck maybe that will happen to me or like maybe I'm susceptible to that. And I think that's with, yeah, with everything. I mean, I remember when my mom, my mom had pancreatic cancer and uh, when she was sick, the doctors were constantly like, you guys got to get checked often. Like Mm. her type of pancreatic cancer is so rare and it's probably genetic. And I'm like, are you basically telling me I'm going to get pancreatic cancer? That's horrible. Um, And so, yeah, I always like, you know, the second night I'm not digesting something properly. I'm like, here it is. You know, here, yeah. here, yeah. Yeah. coming yeah. soon, mom. You know, like I, I, I really just, I'm constantly <laughs> terrified of that, and it's yeah. so horrible. Yeah. I mean, it plants, it plants the seed, like right, like you. Yeah. It's the same. I mean, over the last year with COVID, and this is something that came up in a conversation that we had yesterday in the podcast, which is like, how many times have we woken up and been like, my throat is my. Is my throat yeah. sore? Yeah. Oh, do every I, day. Do I have every COVID? Day. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I have COVID. You know, like in. in and so when one and once that seed is planted, once you have that reason to think maybe, then you almost like start to fit puzzle. You can start to fit puzzle pieces where they don't necessarily fit yeah. very well, and you can mm-hmm. kind of start to think like, oh, maybe this is developing and everything. But like, yeah, like the the inter the intergenerational trauma thing. This is something that we have touched on a number of times over the over the over the past year. Um, and it particularly started coming up a lot in conversations that we were having with people in the indigenous community. And it was the, really the first, it was really the first time that I had re- ever really kind of heard, uh, heard the term or had the term used. And, and it's, as we've had more and more conversations, it's like, it starts to 
reveal itself like more and more. I feel like when I start to think about like, hey, this is how, this is how, you know, what happened, what happened in this generation has like influenced this generation because of whether it's a genetic predisposition, whether it's because that person was affected and so that affects the way that they and then raise their children and the mm-hmm. attitudes that they have and the behaviors that they have and then that influences the children, which is then, you know, like, yeah. I, and, I, and, I, and I do, and I do really kind of relate to that in the, in the way that I, I, even just in the midst of this conversation, I've thought about my mom and her, her father was in World War II and like, you know, like, yeah. oh, like the yeah. effect. I've you, never even. You want to know? You want to know something really trippy? And and I don't know enough about this to go to like deep dive into it. But I was having this conversation with my girlfriend the other night over over dinner, and we were talking about intergenerational trauma. And she brought up a couple of these studies that are currently going on about how how it's very likely, very possible, at least early stages of these studies. It's it, it seems that intergenerational trauma. Can can literally change the genetic expre- the gene expression mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in in the generations ahead. Yeah. So you know something yep. something you know y- your grandfather goes to World War II <clears throat> and experiences really severe PTSD, and then and then you know has a child, and the genetic expression changing based off the PTSD. I mean, it's something like, like we definitely got to get Lauren to, to book someone mm-hmm. who can like speak to that stuff because I, I, it is one of those things that I think is, is, I mean, first of all, endlessly fascinating, mm-hmm. but also there's, I think there's still so much for us to, to kind of like explore and, and understand. Yeah, for sure. I mean, in, in saying that, like exploring and understanding these types of things, um, I went to Ryerson, I studied theater, I studied acting at Ryerson Theater School. So I know as an actor, like a big, a, a really important part of that process is, is doing, uh, doing, a, 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 enough research to feel like you, you can embody this character and really truly live it. Um, what was the process for, for you, Madison, um, in terms of like, fleshing out your character and doing the research into things like intergenerational trauma and, and, you know, uh, uh, having an understanding of paranoid schizophrenia or, or, or things like that. Like what was the, I know that it was like kind of a quick turnaround time, but (laughs) what was the process for you? Like as an actor to try to embody this role? Yeah, that's, I mean, it's a great question. Um, uh, when we were writing it, I certainly brought a lot of myself to the character for sure. And although I have a wonderful relationship with my mother, it's it's certainly fraught and it dominates my therapy sessions. <laughs> I'm like, can we please talk about something else? And it always comes back to the mother. Um, and, you know, uh, there's a fantastic Canadian author, Sheila Hetty. She wrote a great book called Motherhood. And uh, she talks about kind of this, uh, like what we carry on from our mother and our grandmothers. And actually, one thing I'll mention that's that's just a wild little tidbit, but this might blow your minds. It's certainly really creepy. But um, females are born with our eggs already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. so when my mother was in her mother's womb, I was in her. So the so three trippy. of us were at yeah. the same. Yeah, right. There's a, there's a, there's a really <laughs> wild Radio Lab episode all about that. 
Um, and I remember listening to Talk that about episode. having all your eggs in one basket. Yeah, I yeah exactly. I remember listening to Great that episode uh, while I was I was doing. Uh, I, I, did, I I I have to do this like nebulizer before I go to bed every night, uh, and when I wake up in the morning to take medicine. And mm. uh, and I was at a music festival, so like, um, uh, which was like a camping music festival. So I had to do it in the car that was parked in the parking lot, and like turn on the car and plug in my nebulizer. And, so I'm sitting there and I'm. Definitely on some kind of substance from the day <laughs> and like, you know, pretty high. And I put on this podcast and they're talking about that. They're talking about how like oh, no. the eggs are yeah. already like it. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. Totally and then it just starts as the mind. Russian doll, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 But, yeah right. but they, and they talk yeah. about how, you know, when a mother's carrying a child, whatever stress she's going through mm. is transmuted to that to that kid. So that can be also how different trauma is passed down. Mm. Um, so that book kind of opened things up. And then once I started to look into um, adding in schizophrenia, we did quite a bit of research. And, and I think what we found, of course, like there's, it was great to read kind of scientific documents and articles on the, the, the nuts and bolts so that we weren't kind of creating mm -hmm. some sort of fantasy. But what I found most interesting was listening to to people talk about it. Um, there's a lot of people on on YouTube. Um, there was a wonderful TED talk with a woman named Cecilia, and just speaking about what it's like to live with it, um, how it can be very functional, but uh, the very real experiences that these people go through, and just approaching it approaching it like you know we in a very human way, like mm. you know. They're people who are who are um, afflicted or affected by mental health or are still as human as you or I. And it's it's a lot easier to to access. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I think like being aware of not trying to over dramatize, um, not trying to sensationalize. Uh, there, there's so many things that you can tap into that the idea of the negative self-talk that comes through i mean that's we all have a, a kernel of that i'm sure ourselves and to just expand upon that and imagine that those voices are that much louder and stronger are you tired of hearing the same old wellness advice it's time to dig deeper and listen to America Dissected from Crooked Media, the podcast that's cutting into the science, culture, and policy that shapes our health. From doctors fighting for their rights to the surprising truths about sunscreen, America Dissected dives deep into the state of health. Tune in every Tuesday for new episodes of America Dissected, available on all major podcast platforms. I, I wanted to ask you guys about the. You mentioned that this uh, show was was produced um, uh, par partly in part because of the CBC release mm -hmm. relief fund, mm -hmm. um, and it was funny because when I was watching it, I was thinking, I, I, I'm wondering if this is was shot during the pandemic because uh, Maddie's character is the only person <laughs> that shows up on well, on. Did screen. you not notice the little mask sitting on her desk at one I point? Did, yeah. And I was like, then, oh, oh so that, yes. but, wow. But I also, but I was like, it, that could be, you know, maybe. I, I have a feeling that was very deliberate. Actually. Yeah, so. so I'm, it was supposed to be a paramedics mask, actually. I think, <laughs> oh, no I think we're just going to go fire our art department. Now. <laughs> <laughs> no, we should fire ourselves, man. That was very clearly written in the script. No, our art department is uh, yeah. gold. Well, we, actually, they were amazing. we actually spoke to, um, Maddie 
had some paramedic friends that we talked to. And we said, do paramedics leave things behind? Uh, you know, when they on go on calls, yeah, yeah, on calls. Mm-hmm. And uh, and she said, yeah, we leave masks and gloves all no, the time. No, she said, and- no, no, no. She said it depends on the paramedic. She said she'll always clean it up because it's so traumatizing for the family members oh, afterwards. Right. She said yeah. there's some, but she said she's yeah, she's definitely gone in. Behind. She's definitely gone yeah. in and seen garbage and just everywhere. So like, it's so funny because I think before the before the pandemic, people would have been like, "Oh, is that what that is?" And now we see a mask and we're like, "COVID, COVID, trigger warning, the mask." Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I guess I'm I am really curious to know like what what is the what does what does making a film or a, you know in this case a series what is sh- what is set like what is shooting like on like dur- like during COVID? I mean, I for folks that haven't tuned in yet. Um, Madison, your character is the, is, is, is pretty much the only person that we see. Um, but, but knowing how film sets work, you're, you're, you clearly weren't the only person there to make that shit happen. So like, what is the process of, of, of filming during COVID? Yeah. I mean, it, it was tricky. It was hard. It, 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 it was hard, but th- at the same time, because the creative relief fund called for things to be shot within you know, the restrictions. Of and they were like, they were like worst case restrictions. They were like, write something yeah. that could be shot like deep, deep, deep lockdown. on your iPhone at home. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so Maddie and I kind of were thinking, how, how are we going to tell a really interesting story? The last thing we wanted was from someone to watch it and say, oh, they did that because of COVID. You know, we didn't want that. <laughs> so, so we were like, well. Or like that looks like really cheap and low budget and it must have been because they, they didn't, you know. Right. Have. And we think so, we achieved the opposite. We think we really we hope so. Yeah. yeah. And I think what we said is okay. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Aside from that mask, damn it. Damn it. <laughs> um, <laughs> I thought it was a paramedic's mask because I know that sometimes shitty paramedics leave them behind. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Thank you. You caught that. That's amazing. <laughs> um, and so, uh, you know, we decided to, we said, well, how are we going to tell a story in a very full way, in a very interesting way? within you know the restrictions that we had and so we said let's really lean on sound let's really tell the story with sound and Mm -hmm. so sound was you know is the is a main character in our show it's so important um which is the reason why um you know joe is a foley artist it's the reason Mm -hmm. why you know the the secrets that she learns uh are start with the sound in the house and as you know you were saying that the show is really creepy which uh which is great but there are no um visual scares visual scares they're all audio scares you know which is which i which is you know to to again just to talk about horror for a little bit because i know that technically it's not listed as a horror but like to me it truly i I think you can call it a horror i'm gonna call it horror. okay great i I don't i also don't want to like put you guys i don't want to like just assume just say that it's a horror and then have one of you be like oh please don't throw it don't lump us into that I mean, we're, pit, we're, we're pissed off, but keep going. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so I mean, the, the, you know, what makes, we're just what makes, shit talk you afterwards. <laughs> yeah, what makes good horror to me personally, like, like uh, my favorite horror are, are the, are the, you know, the scenes or the, or the movies or, or the books that, you know, that where the less you see the, the scarier it is. And, mm-hmm. and sound is so important in mm-hmm. good, effective scares or spooks. Like, and so, you know, like with the, I, I do, I loved, I love that the, the character is a Foley artist and, and mm-hmm. doing the Foley work for, 
true crime, you know, these like gruesome crime scenes and like mm. someone, yeah, someone, someone all, all of a sudden hanging themselves. I and, thought that would be so up your alley, Jerry. No, it's just like, <laughs> it, it, it definitely like just, put, it gives you the creeps immediately. It was so, yeah. it was so well done. I didn't know it was called a Foley artist actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah was, so like in a film, everything you hear, footsteps, it, like it all has to be recorded afterwards and mm-hmm. specifically for the mm-hmm. show um, because you can't, you just can't record that. I mean, you wait, know. so wait, quick quick question about that. So when you're doing the, the Foley work on screen in the show, Did is there Foley it? work for the Foley work? You got it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, there <laughs> is. The sound yeah. was too shitty. They were like, but we, the sound sucks. We have to redo it. We like, thought it was amazing because we're dumb. But we, I was we so the, into like stabbing <laughs> the chicken. Yeah. Yeah. When we heard the sounds after, we were like, we don't even need a Foley artist. We did this for them. And then, <laughs> and then, and then our sound people were like, yeah, that was yeah. shit. That, yeah. <laughs> That's not real Foley. Yeah. It, you're, was, they're like, you're breathing all over it. Crushing a tomato. I was saying, to Jer right uh, a couple hours ago like uh like in between in between finishing the uh the the three the three parts that I that I was able to see and 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 doing this with you that like the sound was just yeah very like you get yeah, that's a perfect description that it is the main character like it is and and that the and that the and that um that Joe is a foley artist like it makes it it almost provided it provided the avenue for the sound to be so present mm-hmm. because it's the like the justification, world, I guess. Yeah. yeah, like that's her world. So, so it it just it came through so um, it came through so 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 well. And and I was reminded actually because I was like I, I was going. Be, I I I did. It took me. It took me probably partway through the second. Uh, um, episode to put together that that your two characters are are working on the same project and you're doing the sound for the like Mm -hmm. i I almost thought like oh you're in the same line of work and Mm. you're away working on one project and you're here working on another and then i kind of put it together and um and i was reminded that a friend that a friend of ours who's a musician i i i had no idea that that was done that that's how things were done in Mm -hmm. film and television and in some music stuff, and it was a friend of ours, Colin, who actually does some some of the intro music for our show on our Monday episodes. Um, he had recorded the song once, and he had this like this like sound that that happened. And, that and was I good. Remember, and I remember <laughs> him. And we should have hired. We should have hired you to do all our <laughs> yeah. stuff. I, mean, I just do it all by by, by mouth. Hey, fuck me. I'm gonna isolate that sound when we go back and edit and just make that our theme. Song. Yeah, yeah, we should. And, and I remember him telling me what he did to make that sound and i was like what <laughs> yeah he's like I, he I i took the microphone out in my driveway drove the car over the microphone <laughs> yeah yeah it's it like was, this wild basically yeah, it was yeah. like it was like it was like um it was like uh i think he went to a value village and and recorded the opening of the cash register when he bought something and then there was also like some smashed glass thrown in and some like all these wild sounds. Yeah. I was like, I didn't even know. And they layer it. How, yeah, and they layered it together, and they and they mm. produce this sound. And I was just fascinated by the fact that like that's how you create. Mm. That's how you create these these sounds for for mm. for music or film and television. It, it also reminded me of a, a past conversation that we had. I, and again, just just kind of throwing back to how how. Mental illness. I, there's there's a lot. There's been a there's a lot of times where I've seen mental illness used as a as like a storytelling element 
especially in thrillers or horror, where it's done really well. You know, so again, like this show, where it's not sensationalized, mm. it's it's very realistic, but it's done and it's used as this storytelling element to to produce quite an intense feeling of uneasiness and 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 horror. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm thinking like Saint Maud is a film that just recently came out that does it oh, really yeah. well. And um, there's a video game, if anyone's like a, a gamer and wants to have that experience, called Hellblade, Son and Sacrifice, and it's about uh, psychosis. But it, when you see it done well, it's great. And one of the things that that stuck out in the show was, you know, there's this, and again, without giving spoilers away, just a scene where Joe is really leaning in, trying to hear something quite faint in the background of a, of a sound that she had recorded. Mm-hmm. And it reminded me of uh, a guest that we had on the show one time who was on to speak about her experience with schizophrenia. Mm-hmm. And she was talking about the first like moment that it clicked with her that she was not okay. Mm-hmm. And it was this moment where she was sitting on um, a, a transit bus. Oh, yeah, I, I heard that episode. Yeah. yeah, and she was driving. She was, like, going on to, like, going to a destination, and she just all of a sudden starts to hear... And, and this is not scary at all. It's actually quite beautiful. She starts to hear the most, like, elegant, beautiful, like, Jumping. jaw-dropping uh, uh, classical music. And mm-hmm. she's like, oh, my God, like, this is fucking beautiful and she's looking around like who whose headphone like i'm hearing this mm-hmm. from who's playing this I, I like i gotta know what this song is and she's like wait a minute like wait a minute this it's not coming from the speakers in the bus like the bus drivers are playing it there's no one around me with headphones i don't have an electronic device on me that would play i don't even know what this music is and then it starts to dawn on her that she's just hearing this from nothing and she's hearing it as though she's hearing it from something. And yeah. then all of, a, all of a sudden it's like, wait, this very sort of like mundane, normal, everyday sort of experience goes from that to like <laughs> fucking scary. Like then it's like, no, this is actually terrible. But also she's like, fuck, if, I, if only I could record this, yeah. uh, it could make me so much fucking money. <laughs> and how proud, of I, yeah, how proud right. am I about my brain? It's funny, I had this uh, dream. I told you guys about it last night. Uh, but I, uh, just to just to give you a quick recap, I had this, thing, I had this dream where I was <laughs> I was in this church and I was in this church service and this thing happened. Anyway, the priest came up to talk to. I was sitting there next to my girlfriend, and the priest comes up to talk to us afterwards, and he, he's like, "You know, this is a very uh, important undertaking that you have to take in your life. You know, this is a, this important task that you have to do." And he said, "How do you feel? What is what do you feel is your prestigious undertaking?" And I woke <laughs> up, and I and I. And I thought, what is my prestigial undertaking? <laughs> what the fuck does that mean? And then I was like, wait a minute. Is prestigial a word? And I, I pulled my phone over and I Googled it and I was like, prestigial. And it's not even no, a word. It's not a word. because <laughs> I woke like up one? Yeah. and I was like, man, that sounded so smart. And I was like, wait, how too dumb bad. am I? Too bad. But it's two words together. It's two words together. It's just the complexity of your dream, right? right too there's right. not uh, money in making up words. Eh? <laughs> I know, because I was like convinced that this was a very smart word. And I was like, I'm happy Vigil. with how smart that sounded ooh, in ooh. my brain that I came up. Because like I'm looking at this guy in my, in my dream like, this guy's so smart. And then I'm like, that's me. And then I'm like, wait a minute. That's not even a word. The sound makes it so it like there 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 was that I felt I felt like uh there was a moment, there was like a clear moment where 
where the sound or, or, or the sound, whether it was um, um, the voice you're talking to um, your aunt on the phone and there's a moment there um, that stands out and uh, the sounds that you're hearing in the house and, and that you're, as the, as the viewer, you're, you're, you are trying to piece together, is this real or is this not real? Mm-hmm. And, and, but, but, but nonetheless, obviously it is real. It's being heard. Mm-hmm. And, and I guess that's the thing, like, wh- that's the thing that comes up when you talk about her past guest who's hearing the, this classical music or, um, or, uh, a lot of crossover. I'm watching this this HBO series called The Leftovers right now, and there's a very oof, there's oof. like very strong tones of so of the yeah. main character not really knowing what his reality is made up mm. of, and whether he mm. is whether he is whether he is okay or not. And his father's in a psychiatric ward, and he's very very like similar tones to mm. like have I inherited something mm-hmm. um, from my from my father. Um, and, but, but knowing like getting to the heart of like how real that experience is for the person that's experiencing mm. it. Well, you know, that's interesting. Cause when I was research, when we were doing a lot of research for this, I shared an article, uh, I told Maddie about an article that I read that basically was saying that, you know, the sound we can, we can make ourselves hear whatever we want. And sometimes the sounds that we create in our minds, our, we it registers in our heads as real sounds. We can hear them just as clearly if we imagine mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. And uh, we all know that. We all know what it's like to watch a horror movie and go to bed after and to hear yeah. those sounds, right? Like we've, and they sound they're so real. freaking they're real, real yeah. and they're not there. And, um, you know, I don't think you have to be uh, suffering from a mental illness to, to hear those sounds and to, to, not know what's real and what's in your head. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think what we really wanted to do was just that, like bring the audience into Joe's experience. And and obviously that was in part by sound, like that's how, the way that she kind of investigates the world, um, but also into kind of the experience of questioning your own reality, because I don't think that it's like, you know, the the experience of, of, uh, you know, experiencing a, a mental illness is like, oh, shit, am I going to start committing some violent act? I think it's, no, oh, shit, I am out of touch with my own reality. And we can all imagine how scary and lonely that must be. Yeah, yeah. It's you so, know, it, like, like that you don't have someone to to ex- share that experience with you. Mm-hmm. Right. Some Somebody once, I think it was like one of the first episodes of Sick Boy we recorded, uh, Somebody uh, said to us, it was during maybe Emily's episode uh, on psychosis. Yeah. We're talking about um, when you are having a, a experiences, experiencing a psychotic episode, your reality is your reality, but it's not part of the shared reality. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting to think of this idea of we all have our own realities that we're experiencing and collectively there's a shared reality, but sometimes because of you know mental illness, we disconnect with the shared reality, but what we're experiencing is still our reality. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's, so, but you're, and, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. even so, like you just said, like you don't necessarily have to be going, you don't necessarily be having to suffer from mental right. illness to yeah. know what, to know what it is like to hear something and for that to be real. And just the same way that we are all living our own realities that 
Like none, like no person, no person is experiencing. We are, none of us right now are experiencing the same reality. We Mm -hmm. overlay our own sort of objective uh, or subjective kind of bias to like how this conversation is, you know, like, like, (laughs) I think this is a really great conversation. One of you might be I think it's here awful. going, "This is the worst, <laughs> this is the worst conversation I've ever had." And like, but yet we're 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 all kind of we're sharing in it. Yeah. But you know, like nobody has there is no one shared reality. Everybody kind of has these. Like most <laughs> of it is shared. It, it's like, and then aspects of it are are, are very much. It's not. like the most terrifying experience of my entire life was when I was at this dodgy amusement park in in downtown okay. Dartmouth. And uh, my brother asked me if I would go on the zipper with him. And, uh, <gasps> the zipper. I feel, like heard, I feel like I've heard this story. And I love the zipper. A multitude of times. Yeah, whatever. In the past bucket. two Because, guys, it's the scariest <laughs> moment of my life. Of course, <laughs> I would like to think that my best friends would know that story. But uh, it's just like, uh, it's this very like rust. Ru- I'm imagining as it's probably not the shared reality that this was a rusted ride that looked really dodgy. It was a but, fucking uh, fair in Dartmouth, dude. It yeah. for sure was rusted. <laughs> so yeah. so I, I get on and, uh, and I'm, when we're spinning around, I'm sitting next to my brother and we're going really fast. And um, I felt weightless for what? felt like way too long at one point and I thought oh my god I'm dying and I let out this like guttural shriek and my brother just started laughing and the shared reality was that the ride was still okay everything was together my reality I was fucking dying (laughs) it was scary shit (laughs) I I, again I'm, I'm, I'm so excited for folks to be able to watch the show I'm so excited to be able to finish the fucking show yeah me too (laughs) Um, uh, again um, uh, something undone Uh, it is now streaming on CBC Gem which means that it is free it's freaking free it's so Uh, free Free so entertainment. Uh, you can stream it anywhere uh, in Canada mm-hmm. on CBC Gem, um, or if you live outside of Canada, uh, as Madison had said before we started recording, if you have a VPN. <laughs> don't uh, tell CBC. Uh, that wasn't me. Don't tell, don't tell CBC. <laughs> said that. Um, um, and, uh, I'm sure they like, have the <laughs> eyes on it. Hey, man, you want to have fucking eyes on it, you know? Uh, Madison Walsh, Michael Moosey, uh, the co-creators and stars of Something Undone. This has been really nice to sit down and talk to you about this, this project that you made within a time where, you know, uh, a time where I think a lot of artists have felt like it's kind of almost impossible to make something. So congratulations on having pulled that off. And and on top of that, congratulations on creating something that I think is going to be pretty meaningful for a lot of people. Um, not just people who love horror, but also people <laughs> who have experienced and and want to want to kind of unpack uh, some mm. of these themes that we had talked about earlier, like grief and mental health and caregiving. Yeah. Well, yeah. Thank, Thank you. I mean, and well, thanks for chatting with us today. This is uh, this has been really fun, and um, and we were so happy that you liked our first three episodes. It's, that... it's really nice to sit and listen <laughs> to people say <laughs> just nice, nice things, things about, about your work. Also, we're so lonely. Toronto's <laughs> 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 really bleak. Do you guys want to hang out after this? <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely uh, not in person. But, uh, uh, but, but hey, you guys should come to Halifax. Yeah, man. come it's, here. Come cool. here. I don't you know if you'll let us, us in. I've been. Making a petition for Newfoundland to let me in, give me the key to the city, and they yeah. and they've said told me to go back to Toronto. <laughs> Is that do you have? Do, there, Newfoundland plays a part in the uh, in the show. Do you have ties to Newfoundland, uh, Madison? Or? Uh, 
we personally don't. We just have a ton of friends who yeah. are artists from Newfoundland, and we have a big crush on it. And I think this was like a little like mini love letter in a creepy way. Yeah. So hoping that they'll let us shoot second season there. Um, but our director <laughs> yeah. is uh, has family in Newfoundland, and she filmed her her feature Black Conflux out there, uh, which Amazing. was a TIFF hit in 2019. So, so anyway, let us let us shoot there, Newfoundland. Come on. Come on. We Sean Majumder's in our show. Come on. Sean Majumder was in our Come show. On. <laughs> it's one of my favorite uh, favorite provinces in the in the country, for sure. I get good. it, yeah. Uh, thanks again, guys. This was really fun. Mm. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Well, there you go, folks. That was our recording with Maddie and Michael, uh, all from the spooky, ooky, ooky series that you can watch now streaming on CBC Gem. Uh, fuck. Don't sleep on it, really. I, I, yeah, I, really. I, I watched it. I watched it today, right before we recorded. And uh, if I didn't like it, I just wouldn't say that I really. You know what? It. I'll say this. This and is I this really is what, did. This is what I'll say. I typically, when it comes to drama, um, and it comes to Canadian content, putting out drama, nine times out of ten, I fucking hate it. And, I, and, and, I, and I actually, I fucking hate saying that about 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 the Canadian film industry. But but it's true. Like it. It oftentimes. There's a lot of fucking garbage coming out of this country when it comes to film. And and the reason for it, I think, is because... Don't hold back. Is because oftentimes, like, I think a lot of people in Canada creating film, whether it be TV or, or film, are trying to recreate, like, thing Like, are trying to becoming... Are trying to, like, recreate what's coming out of America. And they're... they're they have a hard time, like accepting and owning like our own stories and and our own sort of style of film and anyway oftentimes i just think it's i i really i fucking hate a lot of the stuff that comes out in in canada when it comes to it's, uh, specifically dramatic stuff but this is quite good is good, it's quite yeah. good. it is i, and, I and, i'm really into it and it's, really hits the really hits like the podcast notes i do and like, i yeah i like the the mental, the mental health like aspect oh. of it is Right. I thought you were talking more about like the fact that Joe is a, and, is a and podcaster. All, and and, like, cause and I was like, Oh, that. this is fun and relatable. Yeah. yeah. Um, the, the, the good thing to know is guys, because you, you two know that I know nothing about TV and movies mm-hmm. and, um, the, it's good to know that Jer, what you just said, because I've only ever seen two Canadian film or television pieces. I've seen, one week. The You've movie. seen more than two. Dude. No, only two ever one week. The movie, which was amazing. And I just absolutely love you, it. The, it's yeah, it's the, so good. <laughs> <laughs> and, and in terms of TV shows, I've only seen this uh, new piece by CBC uh, Gem called "It's Something Undone." These are the Ooh, that's only. Yeah. These are the, that's the, those are the only <laughs> two pieces of Canadian. Those are the only pieces of Canadian seen. film that's, or TV that I've fucking, ever seen, and they're just both brilliant. So I would have thought that everything that comes out of Canada is award winning. Anecdotally, it's hundred percent for you. hundred percent. So hey, man, don't get me wrong. There, there, don't get me wrong. Know that because I will now avoid most look, other Canadian. There, productions. there are there, there are some <laughs> incredible Canadian filmmakers. Denis Villeneuve is one of them. Uh, I mean, he's shooting stuff in the like he's making U.S. productions, but he but a great Canadian filmmaker. There's there's lots of great Canadian filmmakers and content, but 
there's as also, a whole, there's also <laughs> a lot of fucking garbage. And to sift through the garbage sometimes is a bit overwhelming. And, and this is one of those things where you don't have to sift through anything. You can just go to CBC <laughs> Gem and watch something spooky and fun. And, uh, and well, I mean, who knows? Maybe the ending. Maybe they just botched the ending. I haven't seen <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, actually, we, we gotta, we've only seen half. Yeah, we're not, we can't even watch it yet because when we're recording this, it's not even out. <laughs> I can't wait to put in another episode in like two weeks. We're like, guys, we fucked up. Yeah. The it, last three episodes are really just Madison, 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 Michael, if it sucks by the end, we're, we're coming out and telling our folks. All right. <laughs> no, what's nice. What's nice is that. Out. What's nice is that they, we know that they would get that because we talked to them and they get, they get funny. <laughs> they get funny. Yeah. Uh, folks, we are so glad that you tuned in um, uh, this week. Uh, and hey, listen, we're doing three episodes a week now. Maybe it's overwhelming for you, but listen, that's okay. Just fucking download it because we need your downloads, you fuck. So, uh, and, you know, tell your friends that maybe maybe don't uh, don't listen to the podcast, that they, they can choose from three episodes a week. Um, and uh, we're so glad that you're with us, and we appreciate all of you, especially our sweet potatoes. You know who I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and uh, if you want to listen to the podcast, you can do that at all the places you find podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the CBC Listen app. And if you want to watch the podcast, you can do that now, too, over on YouTube. YouTube. Every Friday, we're putting out our Friday, Feel Good Friday episodes on YouTube. So follow us there and uh, and hit the subscribe button and ding the knock bell icon and and leave a comment. Leave a comment and... <laughs> yeah, do all that stuff, and um, you know, if you've got like something that you want to say to us, then you could, if you wanted to. Yeah, hit us up in our subreddit. Jesus Christ, what are you falling asleep, dude? Wake the fuck up! <laughs> I don't know, just you know, if like you got something to say to us, then say it. Say it in letters at sickboypodcast.com. And, and unless you're Louise, <laughs> honestly, Louise, keep your shit to yourself. <laughs> fucking over it, fucking over hey, it, or Louise. or yeah. send us more and become a become more of a character on the show. You know? <laughs> if you're walking around with a fucking hospital gown on, or we've got an IV or something like that, you're so guys, sick as fuck. Then you can go to sickboypodcast.com/slash/contact. If you're a uh, for maybe we'll have you on the show. If you've if you've got your uh, if you've got your to do list up and you've written down that you should uh, smash that bell icon, hit that subscribe button, follow us on all of our social media platforms, send us a letter. At letters at sickboypodcast.com. We really send us an application. We ask a lot. We do ask. If, a uh, lot. You can send us a piece of art. We should maybe you can uh, make a make a song. Uh, you can go over and listen to any one of our three episodes a week. You can check us out on YouTube as well. Brian, wrap this up, and dude. It's been a fucking ten minute outro. It sounds like we've been up to a lot. So I. It's only been possible because of all the people that make this show happen, like the one and only Lauren Sankey, Tiller McGovery, Jeremy Saunders, and myself, Brian Stever, who hosts this show, and Jeff Lonis, who's our manager, Donovan the Meerkat Morgan, who does the sound design, and uh, Richard Cohen for the theme music. I don't know. Take part sometimes. Jeremy Saunders said it's as well. I don't know. That's it for this week. I'm Brian. I'm Kelly. I'm Jeremy, and this is it. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.